0: man of God who's going to deliver the word to you this morning, would you please put your hands together for Mr. Jeremy Parker this morning as he comes and gives the word. Get myself all set up over here. It goes quicker the second time. It's nice. It's good to see you guys. Um, so every time I'm, I'm asked to preach, I have to sit down and think, okay, well, About what? What do I do? do? And the notion of connection is what was on my heart as I was trying to prepare on this. And um, one of the things that I I think is fun as I consider connections, um, I I go back to work. Um, When when people call in, if we can help somebody on the phone and not actually have to go out there, that's the quickest service we can provide. But you have to start at the very beginning. So this isn't working. Is it plugged in? Yes, it's plugged in. I wouldn't have called if it wasn't, oh, wait. We can both celebrate this moment because I don't have to go and you don't need me to come. That's nice. But if you don't start with the basics, that connection needs to be there. If it's not plugged in, try unplugging, replugging. Maybe that will get it to you. Probably doesn't. That would be just both of us having a good day. But, you know, then beyond that. But if you skip that part, you can spend a lot of time troubleshooting. And nothing will ever work until that one thing happens. So, I wanted to, as I talk about like connection, um, I want to talk about I, the uh, the the passage of scripture that God put on my heart was just pretty much the book of First Samuel. Um, and as I started like finding pieces of it, I ended up listening to the entire. Like audio section, it's just a, it's it's like an audio book for free. It's nice. Just listen to it at some time. It's really it's it's a blessing to hear the story of both Saul and David. And the focus verse that I wanted to 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 share with you guys as we get going with this um, is in First Samuel thirteen fourteen. And this is right in the middle of the story, but I, I, I thought it would uh, it, it's it's what I want to focus on. So. This is the prophet Samuel speaking to Saul. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. The word that stands out to me in this is prince. He's not appointed king. The king is the king. There's only one king. You only get one per kingdom. The prince is the one who will be king. God was intentional that David would be the prince, meaning the king will remain as you come into this kingdom. There's going to be some overlap, and that's going to be dramatic. There's going to be things about that that are going to be intention. And so David, you have to, I want to look at how David was connected as he went through the part where he became king. So the part where he gets up to being king, there were different connections in his life that mattered. And I just want to go over them. The first connection that David has in his life is with his family. It's the first one we all get. Our family sets what's normal. Whether your family is normal or not, that's what you start with. And we've all got different flavors of normal. And And we kind of go, well, well, my family used to do this or my family used to do that. And I could probably share some fun examples of what that's like. But y- you get it. We're all a little bit different. And your family is—we'll start off. We'll teach you, you know, the basics of, like, for David, his family taught him his faith, how important it was to try to serve and follow God. His family taught him values, also taught him responsibility, how to express himself, how to solve problems. All these things were things that David first had to deal with with his family, and he was the youngest of eight brothers. Which is fun because you know he was real important in the family. I'm sure at this point, his major thing was he was the his chore, family chore was to watch the sheep. He was the youngest. If anyone else wanted to watch the sheep, they would have done that. You follow me? In our house, we have a dishwashing chore that is passed down, not generation to generation, it's just oldest kid, middle, next. And each one who gets into it is like, oh, I love washing dishes. This is great. I can provide for the family. I get to do this thing that's nice and I'm happy about it. And that lasts about a month. It really does last that long, but they, you know, it has to be, you don't just trust the the young kids with breakables. It's not a good idea. It's not a uh, sustainable system. (coughs) So why wash them when you could just break and buy new ones right you know then your job becomes unpacking dishes no that's too expensive um so so you get to watch each one and then you know after they get looked the, at the other ones like oh good i get to do this and like the other ones more than happy to let it go and and you know so anyway so he is doing the the job that the youngest son gets to do he's watching sheep now part of this job is sitting around waiting for something to happen. You don't just watch them. You've also got to make sure they stick around. They do. They eat. They do the things that they're supposed to. I'm not a shepherd. I don't really know how this works. I just have heard stories. But I know if something comes to, like, try to eat a sheep, you're supposed to do something, not just watch them. Well, I watched the sheep. He went that way with the wolf. He was kind of dragging. But um, anyway, so part of what he had to do while he was there was he also had to learn how to defend them. And he chose to use a sling. That was just, I don't know if that was what they used, if they, you know, it was just better than poking at it with a stick, because you've got to get pretty close to hit it with a stick. A sling you can throw from way over there, and if you get good at it, the shot counts and then you're good to go. Um, the other thing he did while he was there was he learned how to play an instrument. He had some downtime. Nothing's attacking. Let's play the lyre. Like, kind of like a small harp, I think. Um, I'm sure he's moved up to guitar now, and I'm proud of him, and I look forward to hearing what he's doing nowadays because he's had some time to practice and get really good. Which, I don't know, it's cool. At some point in his life, he wrote his first psalm, and he is now known for writing psalms. He wrote most of them. Most of the psalms that we have were written by King David and some of them may have been when he was younger or whatever, but he, at some point, he had to write his first one and wonder, am I ever going to, would this ever be worth, like, listening to, hearing? Would somebody else be blessed by any of these? And now it's something he's known for. And I want to encourage you, there's bound to be at least someone in here who has a, a hidden talent, something they haven't indulged in yet, or they don't think is worth doing. That in time, at the end of your legacy, can be the thing that you're known for. Whether or not, and I don't want to feel like the, the time up till now is a waste, but that, but rather that if you indulge, if you allow yourself to get into the talent that God's put into that, then there can be a blessing and legacy on your life that, you know, can start from the present, moving into the future. I just it was was cool with that is God put that in my heart for the first service, I hadn't it wasn't in my notes at all, and I was like. That just landed kind of heavy and was cool. And I want to make sure – I don't know that I recaptured it exactly, right? But I want to make sure I encourage you guys as well that, that as you listen to this, it's not just the story of David, but I want you to listen and hear where your life lines up with the parts of the connections that he had. So his first connection was his family. The next one that he got, um, he actually – he didn't know – a little more background. So I'm going to step out of David's story for just a moment. King Saul was Israel's first king, and he was okay for a while, but as we read in our focus verse at the beginning, he did not do what God wanted him to do. He was not faithful to the call, and there were some issues with that. Because there were issues, the, the anointing was taken, for, the, the anointing remained, but the call was taken from Saul and put on David. And that, that loss of spirit that Saul experienced allowed an evil spirit to come in his life and torment him. Because he turned away from God. That's, that's what he turned to on his own power. That's what he had left over. The spirit was able to get in. And I'm not pointing to you. I'm saying, you know, Saul or whatever. Not this, this side is fine. I'm not trying to pick on anybody. Uh, you know, so if, if it seems like I'm talking to you, that's, that's coincidence or whatever. But just anyway. <clears throat> so with. Um, when Saul was feeling really tormented and really kind of freaking out, he, his advisors are like, "Well, why don't you have someone like play music?" He said, "Well, find me someone that plays good. I want someone who does a good job with this." And someone's like, "Hey, one of Jesse's boys. He does a real good job. I'd like him to come play." Sure, let's bring him in. Let's see how he goes. Now, let's switch back into David's um, uh, story. Jesse, by the way, David was one of Jesse's boys. He was anointed by the um, the prophet Samuel. Samuel came to his house. His dad didn't even ask him to come. He's like, pick one of these top seven. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to call the eighth. And so Samuel's, Samuel table doesn't know who it is either. He just knows it's one of Jesse's sons. So he's like, nope, 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 nope. And you know that was fun. Like in like number seven was like, ah, it's going to be me because they didn't want them and he definitely doesn't want David. We don't even. He's not even named. But uh, Samuel goes, okay, where, are these all the sons? He's like, well, we've got a shepherd boy that's that I didn't ask to come. He's like, get him. We're not eating till he gets here. So you know which one they sent to, to do that. The one who had just had to, you know, didn't have to watch the sheep anymore because David was doing it. So he had to go watch the sheep while David came. This other kid's not even named. Poor fellow. Yeah. The top three and David are the only ones that are ever mentioned, which is fun. Anyway. So David comes he gets anointed and now this power comes on him it says so um, Samuel took the, in uh, six, Samuel first Samuel 16:13 Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers Yeah, his brothers got to see this spirit of the lord rushed upon david from that day forward Samuel went up and went home the next day david went back out to the field he was anointed king of israel Future king, prince. Got to watch the sheep again. You know, lives work like that, don't they? This amazing thing is, is told, this is what you shall do. You wake up the next day, it feels a whole lot like yesterday. You know, that can be discouraging, but it was something that he did. He knew to do. He, so he went about what he was supposed to be doing and waited for the opportunity. Someone comes by and goes, hey, I know you play that guitar-looking thing, really well. We need you to go, and uh, we've got a job for you. And he shows up, and he plays so well, it actually calms King Saul. It's now, And consider this. The spirit that left Saul due to his disobedience comes on David, and David gets to go and be a blessing to someone else. It's an example of, of people. That's why we gather you know some of us will bring the spirit some of us come looking for it you know it's the spirit has departed i've had problems um, i need to go with people that, that have the spirit and let me share and that's there's we are blessed by gathering in that <clears throat> so he does a good job he's promoted to palm, uh, to uh, to armor bearer palm bearer that's yeah that's a different thing sorry so he's armor bearer to the king The armor bearer has to go and make sure if the king ever decides to fight, he helps him suit up because the armor is too difficult to put on by yourself, and make sure it's all shiny, polished, whatever, in good in good working order. This is a job. They just gave him that job because he was going to do the hobby that he had gotten good enough at to get him the job. This got him his foot in the door. Now he's doing this. A little time goes by, and the Philistines start, you know, fussing with Israel, and they decide to go to war, and for about 40 days, they leave wherever they are. And David is going between his house and the battlefield. And when they get there, they do this thing where they have the champions of each army come out. They're going to fight rather than let everybody get killed. Whoever wins, everyone joins and goes to that side. Makes sense. You know, it's practical. We don't all die. We don't, you know, decimate our armies fighting each other. Here we go. Let's do this. So the guy who comes out and, um, and proposes this is the biggest person Anywhere that they've ever seen Massive warriors, name's Goliath And everyone in Israel's like Whatever, we're all Whoever does that, they're all going to die And so they just wait So while he's waiting, he just throws insults over Israel Insults at their God And one day David shows up And hears these insults And it's like, um, he's not allowed to say this Not about our God, not about our this Not about any of this uh, what's, What is being done about this He's, he's the young one He's the one who shouldn't be asking what's going on. He doesn't have the authority to come in and say this kind of. He has it. He hasn't grown into it yet. But he comes in and he asks the the adults. The child asks the adults. Um, this needs to be taken care of. This is completely inappropriate, and we're allowing this to happen. And they're like, well, whoever whoever stops it, Saul has offered a reward, and they're going to take care of this. And he and the reward, lots of money, and you can you'll be married into his family. He's like, well, that sounds, you know, whatever. Like, was like, but and I don't know if he thought this, but why isn't Saul doing this? He's the king. He's the anointed. He's he's huge. He's hands and feet above. You know, you know, head and shoulders above everybody. And why isn't he? You know, leaning on what God has given him and fighting and saying, "You will not speak of." The, the armies of, of Israel and, and against the God of Israel because I, the king of Israel, represent my God and will not allow this speech to continue. The little armor bearer has to say this. And at first, Saul's like, No, nah, I don't want to do that. That's not, you don't want to do that. He has been, he, he looks at the dude, like, You would get killed. That's not going to work. David's like, The Lord's on my side. He's not going to touch me. And Saul's like, Alright, I'm not talking you out of this, let's go. But before you do it, let me give you some armor. Now back up. Who's the armor bearer? He's supposed to dress the king in the king's armor. The king says, let me put my armor on you. That's pretty interesting. Because he's the prince. We don't know whether... Whether Saul knew it was him He just knew that his kingdom was coming to an end Because Samuel had said that But he gives him What should protect the king But it doesn't fit It wasn't made for him It wasn't meant for him The things that worked for Saul Were not going to work for David They didn't fit They weren't going to work And so David said this is, They're awkward to me I can't do it I can't use it So he left them so he doesn't have the protection that Saul thought he needed, but he still goes out. He takes five stones in a sling. He had four extra stones. Because when the time came, God blessed his skill that he had worked on. And that he, when he needed the shot, he made the shot. One shot, gone. The kid, the, the, all the adults watching this kid go out there, watch this kid in one shot, took out. The one that that had scared everybody. They took notice. David's connection to God. It mattered. He was plugged in. He was there. Good stuff. Anyway. I got y'all quiet. I'm sorry. All right. So we're going to try to lighten this up. So so the next thing. David's next connection. So that was connection to his family and his first job. The next connection that he has is moving on and letting have him to work as, oh, I've missed some things. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he moves on, and he is now brought into his, his new family. His new family is um, the king's family. He is married to um, Saul's daughter, whose name I forget right now, but anyway. It's a Michael, was not it? Thank you. Anyway, that just bothered me. Um, so he's married what? Michelle, i 'm saying it wrong, apparently, but it looks like Michael, so if you're reading it anyway, um, we 're getting a little off here. I apologize. Um, I, I do tend to wander sometimes, and I wonder what 's going to happen and you know but I appreciate your your understanding as we move so with this new connection to his new family, he also gets a lifelong friend in Jonathan, Jonathan and he now Jonathan. What I don't know the age difference between the two of them, but David is is an upcoming. He is now a warrior. He is someone who has proven himself in battle, who's courageous and you know worth doing. So he is an upcoming warrior. But Jonathan has stories prior to this where he was already in battle, had done things and had fought, and so he is. He kind of leans into David and goes, you know, they they start making a connection, but this connection gets strong. It is the strongest. Um, relationship that 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 david has they they 're both completely for each other, and that was just the, you know you have the people in your life that you 've known forever you know you 've got the, the you know you may not have seen them in a couple of years, but every time you see them, you pick up right where you left off you know and you love the time you get to spend with them and then you move on whatever and some of the people you know they 're lucky enough to still be able to spend day and day and day and day out with folks It just just depends on how that goes, but this was David's best friend for life. And while he was in this transition of his life, Saul was getting worse. Saul was losing more of his confidence where he needed to be, and he also saw David's success. David was, you know, had campaigns. He did great things, and they even wrote a song about it. Saul has killed his thousands. And David has tens of thousands. Saul didn't like the song, (laughs) kind of took it a little personal, and in the days where he was really bad, he tried to throw a spear at him, kill it, Um, you know, David dodged the, the spear but didn't leave, he stayed where he was called, he was supposed to be there, and was later able to bring, you know, some comfort to him, and kind of reset some stuff, and it seemed like it was going good, Saul threw another spear later. This was just not a good thing. And at some point, David's like, he is just going to kill me because I think he's figured out I'm the successor. We don't, we don't know what that is or how, how that happened, but we know, um, that David puts out a test with Jonathan. And Jonathan, if you think about it, is the heir of the current kingdom. And David could have been a threat to Jonathan, but the loyalty between the two of them was greater than it was even from Jonathan to his own father. And he said, David, we know my dad has issues, but it's not, it's not that bad. He's not actually going to try to kill you. And so they set up a test, and Jonathan figures out, you know what? He is. He really wants to. And so he warns David, you need to get out of here. This is gone. You need, you need to not be here. So David leaves. So now, now where is he? What's he connected to? What's David's connection at this point? It's just God. He's on his own. And uh, that's tough. He's lost his best friend. He's lost not only the family that he had. He's lost that connection to the one that he had to begin with. He's also lost the new family because he can't be with that. His, his, Saul actually gives his wife to someone else. And, you know, it's he gets completely cut off from this. Um, so he ends up having to look for new friends. And uh, we've got in Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2, David departed from there. And escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers from his father's house heard it, they went down to him. His original family came and blessed him. That connection was still there. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was bitter in soul, gathered to him. Happy little group, right? You know David, you know, Misery Loves Company, that whole thing with stuff. But they weren't gathering to celebrate their misery. David was like, "You need help. I need help. Come, be with me." The spirit of God was on David. Those who needed the help came to him, flocked to him, and became loyal. They weren't just they were came as misfits, but became a powerful force. They were people that were of uh, great reputation. It was uh, whenever David's men were in the, the area, the area was secure. It was safe. People could go about their business and not worry about what would happen. People getting Things getting lost, things getting stolen. Uh, oftentimes when soldiers were in the area, they would help themselves to whatever they felt like because they had the force and the strength to do whatever they wanted. So that could have been the way they did, but they didn't. They, they, they did things the right way. So though David was attracting people that were just a little rough on the edges, Instead of enjoying that common good, he connected them to God, the part that would take those rough edges off and leave only the parts that God wants to be in there and raise them up. Saul chased David for years, but David was never the aggressor. He was never saying, "I okay... It is time for my kingdom to start. He was happy to be the prince. He's like, I'd like you to stop chasing me, please. Multiple times found ways to prove I am not trying to kill you. He would even say, if, if this is of God, then kill me. God is saying persecute. But if it's of people, then that, this needs to stop. I am not against you. And poor Saul was just not able to, to come to grips with that. In time... We um, found that, uh, that David ended up being in circumstances outside of the thing, and um, the Philistines were in, had encircled Saul, and he knew he was going to get captured. Rather than be captured, he just he fell on his own sword and killed himself, and that was the end of the first anointed. David refused to do anything against him, to, to, to seek out anything with it, and wouldn't let anyone else do it either. Like, well, just turn your back and I'll go knock him out. You know, even when they're in the cave, and so, and they're like, David's men are all stuck in the cave. All in there, they're going to sleep there the night. Paul, uh, Saul comes in to use the bathroom. Went into a cave to use the bathroom. Now, they've got to sleep in that cave all night. Even if it wasn't Saul, they would have wanted to kill him. You know, that was unpleasant. But David's like, don't put a hand on it. You're not allowed to touch him. I'm not going to, and you're not going to either. This is God's anointed. And God took care of that. God did not. David did not have any hand in removing the previous kingdom, but he had time to build up who he was in the time where he's sitting around waiting as a as a a shepherd. He was prepared for the next uh, season of his life while he was being persecuted. And gathering people to him. He knew how to treat people. He learned how to gather people to him. To become of influence. To do the right thing. To lead in a proper way. Which prepared him for when he was king. And something that I... As I, as I was reading on this. this Actually this morning God puts on. I was like, how do I end this? What do we do with this? And... But what I, the the thing that God showed me on this, um, is if you look at the old you, as being Saul, the part that was loved by God, you know, given direction, but didn't go the way that God wanted. When you accept Christ, then you become the new person. You put away the old and put on the new. So many times it's very hard. For us to actually take on that new and not let the old have uh, have influence. Um, I'm going to ask Chuck to, to start some music for us just to, to get into the wrap-up section of this. Um, I want you guys to, to, just at where you are, I want you to pray about where God has you. If you have never made a profession of faith where you say, you know what, God? I've heard about you for whatever time it's been. I I want to do more and I want to just take that step. Um then I'll invite you to do that today. And all it's as simple as saying, God, I want to follow you. And that's all it takes. Following. Now, for those of us who've been in this for a while, that old us, our old self, it's sometimes hard to shake. We still have parts of our old self that we trust more than we should. And that old self needs to have less influence. We don't need to kill the old self. That's not up for us. That's God's, let God take care of that. Focus on who God is, where he wants you to be now, and let that be in the past. The past be the past. Put the new self forward. Be a person after God's own heart. That will guide you much better. I'm just going to wrap us up in prayer. If you'd like to come up forward and uh, to pray with anybody to just or just say, hey, this is something I want to I want to do more with, um, then you can come up and and talk to us. Also, don't be in a hurry to leave. We love people. There's not another service. Hang out. I remember we've got Discover. You have an opportunity to come here. What's more about this? If you're new, there's even food. That's nice. And if you can't today. Um, our life groups are an awesome way to get to know people. Um, I love being able to spend time with people outside because there's, there's only so much because y'all are all sitting here. You haven't learned anything about each other except that you can sit still. Out. Some of you giggle at things and whatever, but that's not, that's not going to feed the connection that you have with each other. You're connecting with God on this. I hope my words have been somewhat helpful on that. Um, but at the same time, knowing each other, you could be You know, you may think, well, I don't have anything to share. But you might be the person who needs to share that with somebody. You might might be what somebody else needs to feel connected. And it's a matter of just making the attempt. Anyways, I'm going to wrap up in prayer. If you all would like to come up and and pray or whatever else, I'd encourage you to talk to each other and for us. And then we'll just be dismissed. God, I thank you for my church family. I thank you for gathering us here today and for blessing us as a family your uh, blessings on us as we go from here and uh, knit us closer to you. Help us to pursue your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.